are back. Oh, I think you muted there. Muted? Rust. There you go. Oh, I'll right. be rust. <laughs> We're a little rusty. Podcast. <laughs> What's going on? We have a nifty intro, but we don't have working mics. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back in the swing of things. Life is good. Yes. I seem to be over COVID. How about you? (laughs) Not quite. So, yeah, yeah. COVID buddies. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) You got the lingering? The long term? Not nearly as bad as as what you've been going through. But, yeah, I mean, for for anybody who's curious, I got the old COVID right before Christmas. So, or I guess the new COVID. I I definitely had (laughs) the Omicron (laughs) symptoms. So, that's been fun. Um it's not gone, which is a little disappointing. I got it on the 24th. My, my worst day was Christmas Eve. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I, I'm definitely not alone. So many people have been getting it. You know, we all wanted to yeah. have the, the normal holiday that we've been wishing for. But I think that that just wasn't in the cards. So, yeah. Um, and I exposed my sister who had just flown over from New York the day before. So then she had to quarantine to, before to make sure she was good before flying home and it's just all a mess man it's a mess out here <laughs> yeah yeah not much better here you know half my staff is gone uh yeah they're starting to come back it makes it a little bit easier but um yeah yeah no i felt bad too because I, I i went to work uh at the vivarium on on tuesday and you know my symptoms started a, a day or two later so I kind of screwed up staffing for them as well. I think <laughs> the uh, Christmas Eve day was was just an owner and one other guy. But what are you gonna do? You know, it's, it's not my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I avoided the thing. I've been so good. I avoided it for two years. Always, you know, wear my little mask and take my little vaccines. But right. <laughs> it's just I took one too many chances and accidentally wandered into a super spreader event where all 12 people in the room got it in an hour. <laughs> Damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do? Ah, uh, wow. I hope, uh, I wish you, uh, not the, uh, the long COVID that, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully it goes I mean, away. for the most part, like I, I had it pretty bad for a couple of days, you know, with the fever and whatnot, but I never lost taste. I never lost smell. My lingering stuff is just the cough and the, uh, fatigue um, yeah more so than anything else but yeah it seems like yeah. uh for me that uh i'm getting less and less days of the fatigue and more and more days of being normal you know that's so, good because that's good man it's been <laughs> it's been months of, of not right for you and, and that's not good yeah 100 <laughs> yeah, percent. I, I know I how that the- feels from the mono <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah i forgot about that yeah 2021 was a year of virus for me what a sucky year. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Uh, we are what, yes. what did you do for, for your holidays? Um, well, because uh, so my mom, um, my mom is sick. So she uh, we try to keep her away from anything that's COVID related. And because of the fact that three of my assistants got COVID and I was around them, uh, yeah. So yeah. I didn't want to take the chance. So me and the wife just hung out, which is, which is okay. You know, right on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you Dory and the animals. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. No worries. Uh, yeah, it was all good. Um, still haven't got to see the parents yet, but I'll, I'll get there. Um, but yeah, my, my sister was supposed to come up from Florida, but she canceled that because yeah. you know, of all everything that was happening. So it's probably for the best, but no worries. For sure. Sure, you don't have to celebrate Christmas on the 25th. It can be any day. You know, that's you true. <laughs> I'm not even religious. Let's <laughs> 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 do it whenever. <laughs> yeah. Big fat man bringing presents. Oh, well, yeah, you for know, me, it's the Hallmark more. holiday. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like the pretty lights. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess. Uh, yeah. We. Uh, yeah. I, we get, we had, uh, well, the day, I think it was the Sunday before everybody started getting it. We went out to see like this light show. I took my niece and nephew nice. to see it. And then everybody got COVID after that. So we were all exposed to each other. So we're all like, oh no, yeah, you know, yeah. who's got see, it? I, out they all got it. I thought that I was going to be the one to ruin like family Christmas, right? Because we, we had planned yeah. that we were all going to do a, a, a Christmas for the first time in a couple of years. And I, I tested positive. Um, I thought first, but turns out my cousin in Santa Barbara had tested positive like two hours earlier. And so that whole side of my family wasn't coming anyway. So that made me uh, feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, the, uh, you had COVID. Owen had his, in, uh, uh, oh yeah. Moved. <laughs> Owen, Owen had internal failure to thrive. <laughs> right. Riley had what he thought was COVID. Oh, we're just falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Riley had yeah, Riley had Riley things. Yeah. That's always something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love him. Riley. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Uh, but uh, shoot, yeah. um, carpets and coffee. Back again. Yeah, welcome. Carpets welcome and to 2022. That's we right. talk about coffee and snakes. Yes. What's so, what is better? I mean, what, what is better than this? I mean, <laughs> did you enjoy a cup of coffee today? Eric. I did. I'm actually finishing it up right now. I know it's late ah. for me, but uh, you know, I'm living on the edge. I yes. got this nice Australian cup here, Australia. They that's know, sweet representing. I like that. Yeah. A lot of original art. I have uh another Papua New Guinea coffee that I got. It's from okay. uh, Barodi Estates. Um, it they think it's possibly the oldest coffee estate in eastern highlands of Papua New Guinea. Um, and it has like this earthy, sweet green tea flavor to it, kind of. Very good. Um, real smooth. Uh, it's a light medium roast. And the roaster is actually out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's real good. Uh, <laughs> I just got it. And uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. So Very good. I uh, I awoke to a shortage of coffee filters in my home this morning, which is never oh, fun. Because no. you can't make the beans. <laughs> so, so I had to leave my house to get my caffeine this morning. So I uh, I got some blue bottle coffee. Uh, blue which, bottle coffee. Never yes, heard of that. Blue bottle coffee is a uh, well-known standard in the Bay Area. Well-celebrated, very famous. Um, it's in the, uh, you know, that iconic San Francisco Ferry building that all the uh -huh. tourists like to take pictures at. Blue bottles in right. there. Um, it has been well known as one of the best, like little craft roasteries. It kind of started that in the Bay Area, but I think in 2017, 2018, something like that, while I was in college, Nestle bought it. So everyone was up in arms. All the <laughs> the coffee fanatics were like, "That's right. not allowed," but uh, <laughs> still good, still good. Yeah, okay. Very, uh, right. Uh, light roast situation. I got their cold brew in a can, which was okay. very good, very flavorful. 
Sounds very delicious. caffeinated. <laughs> right. <laughs> right on. So, so is this something when I take my herping trip to come out to West to you guys? Is that something that I'll be able to uh, to try out? Bay Area for sure. I think they probably have okay. also infiltrated uh, LA. Um, but okay. it's not like big to the point of like any random gas station in, in California kind of thing. It's like, there's a few, you know, it's, I, I try to stay away from gas station coffee. As yeah. Much as I yeah. But if you come here yeah. and let me host you guys and take you around to my field biology secret spots, right? I will get you blue bottle from down the street. Excellent. All right. <laughs> and like we can it. do an in-person carpets and coffee with coffee. Yeah. That would be, yeah. <laughs> We were actually drinking coffee. Yeah, we're, yes, uh, yes. We're pretty. I, I've never been to the West Coast, so um, we're going to the San Diego. Yeah, San, San Diego. No, yeah, yeah. That, that's the area, right? I'm, San Diego. So San Diego is south of LA, like right above yeah. Mexico, all the way at the bottom. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so we're up in that that kind of vicinity, right? Deserty. Um, yeah. So should be cool. Nate? Did you ever try shrimp with the Kims? Oh, I was like, who's the Kims? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, no, I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't, but I'm sure they'll eat it. Oh, Kimberly rocks. Wait, uh, I have, um, I'm sort of jump. We're jumping all over the place, but yes. sorry. Um, that's the show. <laughs> yeah. Interesting thing that I, I've, I guess they're coming into their own, getting comfortable in the, in the, in the whole thing of, uh, being in my, uh, me being the food monkey of choice nice. for them. Um, but dude, when they hunt so, so much, I shouldn't say so much cooler than I, I think it's cooler than the Yankees because they mm -hmm. have this long neck and they sort right. of like, you can see them like sticking their heads in these little parts of the cork bark <laughs> and like, you know, the tongue sticking out and I'm like, Oh my God, it's like watching a tiny little, uh, parenti on right. the hunt. For, for you know and Man. like uh I, i'll do it with crickets so i don't really feed crickets all that much because mm -hmm. i i can't stand crickets i usually I hate do crickets. The roaches yeah yep. but i find that when i do the roaches i put them in the like a little cup so they can kind of eat out of the cup but when i do crickets i just kind of throw some randomly in there and that dude they, they, watching them hunt <laughs> was oh, it's so cool it's i don't know so if you've badass. noticed that or seen so that. i mean i for me right now i still only have ackies at my place um my trio of Kims that I got with a friend are living at said friends. Oh, okay. So I've, uh, I've visited, I've had visitation hours, but <laughs> I don't have anybody here until that uh, weekend get a uh, visitation. Bigger. Yeah. Well, I didn't have an empty cage. Just be like, send them over, you know, but uh, yeah, send the kids over. Um, but we want to raise them together. So they're nice and familiar. And then when it comes, comes time to separate, then I'll have one or two here. And, and one there. Right pair appropriately but uh when i've gone over to visit man they're just the coolest freaking oh yeah they're so them. cool ackies are kind of, you know ackies are great and i love the ackies they're a little derpy like yeah sometimes i at least for mine the thing has to be moving for them to to eat it <laughs> so right. like when i was feeding little bits of salmon trim i had to like wiggle it around to get my guy to be like oh it's food <laughs> like <laughs> but oh excellent yeah yeah. i don't know i guess my well, no they're, they're pretty they're pretty good with with going after food but not like the kims though yeah. not like the kims, the kims well, maybe are, mine's just special <laughs> yeah, yeah well i kind of equate it to like the ackies are like a burmese python hmm. and the kimberleys are like a retic 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like sure. In terms of wise, like yeah, you know, yeah. That's Being that's how present. It, yeah, <laughs> Brent. Brendan wants some Tristus. Tristus. Yeah. yeah. I know too, man. <clears throat> Stevens himself is working with Tristus. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Alan has uh he has a nice group of those, I think. Um, but uh yeah, how's uh how's breeding going? Have you done anything? Man, yet? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been pairing everything for a few months, except for the brittles. Right. Um, so as we've talked about before our break, you know, the highlighter jungles were locking a ton. Uh-huh. Um, I think that it feels like the girl is building. Like when I palpate, I, I get a little boom, 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 boom in the right spots. Um, but I haven't necessarily noticed any ovulation and, and she hasn't gone into any shed. So hopefully it's all still just good signs and in progress, but she's also still feeding. Um, I, I chucked her a rat just to see what would happen. And she said, Yes, please. Absolutely. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but right. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. So that's that. And then with the, the Western blackheads also locked up a ton, but it doesn't feel like she's building at all. So I'm, I'm not holding my breath for that this year. Um, you know, right. keep, see, keep at it, see what happens. But I, it sounds like the, you know, blackheads especially are, are, uh, they lock up just fine. That's not the problem. It just doesn't always lead to operations. <laughs> right. um, and, you know, uh, I saw uh, Derek Roddy post the other day that he finds with a lot of his, you know, Western type animals, um, especially the Lazic stuff, which these are, are also partly descended from. He, he finds that they only truly cycle every two or three years um, in his wow. experience. And you know, that, that kind of lines up with, everybody I've talked to that is working with the, the quote Western stuff that it's not, it seems like year after year success is, is more rare with that than it is for pure Eastern stuff. Or Mm. I shouldn't say pure, nothing's pure Um, Eastern (laughs) type stuff. (laughs) Right. But you know, I've talked to to multiple breeders that um, do have the Western stuff, you know, Nick, Justin Julander, um, Dan Vermilia before he sent them to me, et cetera, et cetera. And, it, it doesn't seem like they uh, seem to cycle and ovulate as often as the ones that are not thought to be of Western descent. So gotcha. it's interesting. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. You yeah. know, folks that produce every single year, you know, Jason Hood, um, et cetera. It seems like those those perennial animals that are consistently reproducing with for the blackheads, they don't they don't tend to be the the Westerns. They tend to be. Eastern stuff, West uh, Swiss line stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just anecdotal, but so yeah. <laughs> and then Walmas <laughs> owns Walmas. <laughs> if you breed them, <laughs> produce eggs. Oh, yeah. poor guy. <laughs> well, it seems right. So, like, it seems like his girl does her side of things just fine. He's gotten eggs from her that look fully shelled and and yeah. all nice and good but they've never been successfully fertilized. Um, right. So his, his boy that he sent has definitely locked up with the girl, but with that in mind, I also chucked in a different boy Okay. <laughs> because I have an 11 year old male Woma available to me as of recent. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So from a, uh, somebody that that was their only snake. So I, I was willing to take the risk of not quarantining forever because 
they don't have a lot of animals and this thing seemed healthy to me um what a weird pick for a single snake yeah yeah he was a cool he was an interesting dude he's um he was an attorney and he's a little older in life and you know a sophisticated gentleman but he you know i just got lucky he got in contact with me as like somebody that that is obsessed with womas and it's like right here take it so i was like okay um but yeah so there is a chance that if owen's male is the problem maybe this other one will will get a crack at it and and we'll see what happens but uh yeah his gallbladder will explode (laughs) too late i already did (laughs) it's gone his gallbladder (laughs) that exploded Uh, when uh when they locked (laughs) yeah so how's school been uh so i've I've been on break for the most part i this is first week back actually and um it's gonna be reasonably okay this semester from all i can tell i'm only taking conservation biology which is another loafman course so zach is is my teacher again and uh he told me that he's trying to make this one less crazy than herpetology which is nice (laughs) so when you (laughs) do when you do that is it is it all everything encompassing or is it specifically focused on herpetoculture or uh herpetology this class is going to be all encompassing okay um, conservation biology broad lens right, um okay gotcha. the her her uh graduate herpetology last semester that i took includes conservation specific to herbs gotcha. um, but yeah this is this is through a uh broader just everything all-encompassing lens but you know without having got gotten into any of the content yet i'm sure it's going to have a lot of discussion with how it is not all-encompassing right <laughs> because <laughs> aza is super picky choosy about which species get conservation initiatives and which don't. And, you know, surprise, surprise, it's the cute, cuddly, charismatic right. ones. Sure. Um, that drive admission sales. It's not the bugs and the creepy crawlies. Yeah. So right. that's definitely a noticeable theme. <laughs> but what's up? I'm doing that. Oh, what's Schmitty up? Schmitty and Bratz are yeah. watching from the shop. Smoke one for me. All right. <laughs> um, um. I was just listening to their their conversation with Casey. Uh, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah. Snakes and stogies. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a weird thing, right? We go, it seems like, I, I guess we, like, everybody sort of follows this trend that they'd sort of take off the two weeks at the end of December for the holidays and all. <laughs> and um, I was sort of thinking, I mean, I enjoy the break, but I'm thinking like, man what a way to like capitalize on people looking for content yeah to like have some pre-recorded shows ready to go you know and uh like try to capture some audience or something because (laughs) nobody puts anything out so as soon as like snakes and stogies were back and uh thp was back i'm like oh thank god something to listen to while i drive percent yeah well especially when i was just doing my covid 10 days i kept refreshing all the feeds i was like nothing nothing." (laughs) i did find i did find uh well since it's you and me we can we can go off point for a second okay music talk little old music guitar Ah. i'm telling you you have to check out this podcast and hold on let me find it real quick i want to call it it's called dipped in tone how I'm always trying to be. <laughs> yeah, dipped in tone. We want to be so, saturated in tone, Eric. 
<laughs> I don't know if you ever heard the guy Rhett Shaw. Have you ever uh -huh. heard of him? No. Nah. Have you ever heard Rick Beato? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, dude, you got to watch these guys. Right? Okay. So, Sorry. Rick, they're amazing musicians, but Rhett Shaw in particular, uh, he does like really like deep dives into like, he'll talk about like how different amps sound and why they sound mm. this way or like, you know, how to practice better and like what you should be listening to or how to like take a song, learn a part and apply it to yourself, all, all this kind of stuff. But nice. he does. And then I found out he does a podcast and it's called Dipped in Tone. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. That's awesome. So, so I guess the, the break is good. It breaks me from reptile podcast. I get there to listen go. to a little music. Podcast. You dipped your toes in tone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I've had the bug. I haven't had the bug in years. Mm hmm. To, to like put, see there you go Matthew Rick, Rick, uh, I'll get what on makes it. this song great start with what what makes this song great okay. what he does is he picks a song he takes a song that you know is like a popular song and he he just breaks it apart he goes into theory so if you're into music theory sort nice. of like deep dives into that and tells you what's going on and why you like this thing he pulls out the tracks and listens to these on uh, it's great man mm. but um but yeah I haven't I've been excited about like playing music in, in quite a while. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. I started challenging myself to learn finger picking. Excellent. Like acoustic style finger picking stuff, favorite. like legit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and like keeping slide the bass constant in the thumb. Yeah. That's the hardest damn part. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> well, it's one of the only times with guitar playing where you have to almost do left hand, right hand. The drum thing, right? Like a yeah. piano, right? Because the thumb has to be doing like a boom, boom. Boom, yeah. boom, and you can't break that no matter what the other fingers are doing yeah but anyway but, carpets uh, coffee and chords <laughs> yeah. there you go <laughs> excellent yeah but yeah i don't know man i've yeah. been jazzed about about music that's awesome lady. i mean those yeah. those like those periods of inspiration and and like motivation it is is yes. so uh so awesome and and kind of elusive so enjoy it man like i'm yeah. i'm in a, a bit of a musical rut so i envy you <laughs> oh, wow, wow. i'll have yeah. to uh so the thing of it is is like so keith mcpeak mm -hmm. and me have this private chat that we do and we'll send each other like different musicians all types of musicians right singers pianists guitar players drummers you know anything that's music any style of music nothing's off 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 the table nice and He'll send me something and he's, he's somebody that wishes that he could play. And he's mm. like, so he doesn't understand like how people can do that. They're like, how do you do that? And sure. You know, yeah, I guess, I guess in a way he kind of reinvigorated me to sort of like pick up the guitar again. And like, when I started picking it up again, I'm like, you know, I really should learn how to play this right. And, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I don't know, man. And then just sure. one thing led to another, you know, how it snowballs. And then, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I had one of the the greatest periods like that for myself was when I, I went to college for the first time and uh, started working with a, a different, you know, mentor there that just had a completely different background in terms of guitar than my you know childhood teacher. And basically he told me that my technique was trash and built me up from the ground up. Like I had to, com I, I had been playing even semi-professionally for a long time. And he was like, nope. Stop moving your wrist or stop moving your elbow, only your wrist. And he made me just go back to the beginning and, and completely reteach myself technique. Like you're talking about with the finger yeah. picking. Yeah. And it was, it, 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 it started like a four year 
period of re-engaging with the instrument that I've been playing since I was a third grader, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and that's, I do miss that. It yeah. felt great. It felt yeah. great. That's cool, man. That's cool. I, I do miss um, playing live. I do miss mm -hmm. that. Uh... Oh, sh shit. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had I my, my first big break tour and then, oh, COVID. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but yeah, that's sort of where, you know, I spent my break doing a lot of that and just, re you know, like relearning songs and just, you know, the finger picking. And I got to say, man, like young musicians today, yeah, they blow my freaking mind. Like, yeah, I some of the shit that I, I love when uh, musicians sort of like take what the generation before did mm. and make it their own and apply these like I see the, right. you know, like the slap hand thing shit on the acoustic <laughs> guitar and like, yeah, all these crazy, like percussive stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's wild, man. It's good stuff. It's good. There stuff. was. um. <clears throat> I all right, preface. I don't really watch American Idol. I think it's okay. it's mostly a piece of crap. Oh, I know who you're was... gonna say. I know who you're gonna say. Alejandro. Yeah, Alejandro, dude. What the hell, man? Talk about the percussive guitar play. I think he really brought that into the forefront, and people yeah. have been trying to mimic that sound for three or four years now, and, and they're catching on. I I remember. So my wife watches that, and yeah. I watch like um, I watch it in and out from time to time. And uh, yeah. when I saw him auditioning, I was like, Insane. Oh, that dude is that's the shit, man. You know? <laughs> yeah no it's just a complete it's a different instrument at that point like 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. yeah but yeah no, that's great thanks snakes <laughs> sorry was, everybody uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to finish my breeding thoughts uh i'm also cooling the brettles for real now so i'm on day four of, of deep cool so deep these, cool. Uh, what's deep cool so i get them down to 70 at night in the room um right. over the course of about a month and that's about as low as I'm going to drop this room. So now I put them in these blackout bins behind me um, uh -huh. at night, toss them in the living room next to an open window. And I've been getting them down into the fifties. Um, yeah. So you'll, 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 you'll appreciate this tonight. Overnight low is going to be negative two. Sweet. Yeah. You guys have had like an Arctic vortex or something, right? I don't know, man. <laughs> I saw like wind chill negative 12. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. I hate, I don't mind the snow. I hate driving in ice. I absolutely, uh, I'm white knuckling that. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Slipping and sliding all over yeah. the place. But, Spooky. So I did have, so let's, I, I don't know if you've seen anything cool over the, uh, the break, but mm. um, I'm going to share. I, I thought that it's been a while since I've like really deep dived into carpet morphs, if you will. Um, but uh, I also want to ask you about your breeding season after this. Sure. I don't want to forget. So Paul Harris put up this picture of a hypo granite. And okay. it reminds me for all the Poplin carpet fans out there. Um, it looks like, so this, oh, now I can't get it to pop up. What the hell is going on? <laughs> so hypogranite, uh, coastal Papuan, uh, situation, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me get this back here. And hypo is what Owen wants to steal from your home. Yes. But <laughs> he would say that what, what a hypogranite is, <laughs> is sacrilege. <laughs> 
Let me try to do it this For way. Sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously Paul always has, uh, I'm going to have to go to the internet and get it. All right. It's not sharing on my notes. No Maybe worries. Granite. Garbage. I'm trying to picture it in my head before you show me because I haven't seen this yet and, and I'm struggling <laughs> for her iPhone granite in my head. I don't know. Uh, well, that didn't work. Mm. It's kind of so there used to be this um, carpet uh, python, um, this granite line called um, uh, Pool Boy was the the one animal pool boy pool boy yeah uh -huh. <laughs> okay. and it comes from the uh viking reptilia line of um you know granites and for whatever reason like these granites in particular especially at the time had like this amazing um here we go all right now we got it I had to go to Instagram. Why did I think you would have to go to Facebook in order to see this? Facebook. Uh, share Facebook is so too. 2010, Eric. See? PSP. They know what's going on. Poor boy. The best the best one, man. It, there that, you those go. Granites were, um, maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> it's tough. Technology's tough. So, I mean, my breeding season is, um, if I'm being honest, uh, you know, I, I definitely, um, like, you know, I'm, I'm into breeding and all like, and everything and that's all good, but, um, I'm not really like, um, like what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um. I, I'm not as driven to to do it. Like this is like the first season to where, uh, it, if it happens, cool. Um, if it doesn't, you know, okay, that's cool too. Uh, but the one thing that I'm probably pumped most about is diamond pythons, right? Yes, uh, me too. For you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would like to get I, and. To be honest, I'm sort of like really excited about the whole idea of diamond pythons. And that's one that I wanted to talk to you about. Well, uh, Eric, yeah, I forgot the Russians. Yes, for sure. Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, before the break, I, I mean, obviously last year you really didn't breed anything for the most no. part. And then you were saying this year there were a few things that you really wanted to, to dial in on with the, the diamonds, the inlands. Um, uh, what's that one? Yakapori Depot. <laughs> yeah, they're the yeah the Russians. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so right. this go. is the hypo granite, and like you can't really see from this picture, but I would encourage you to go to uh, check out uh, check it out on Instagram. Uh, so UK what do Pythons. you think? What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, you could probably. I mean, you can get the same look from this snake if you probably selectively bred granites, right? Sure. Um, I was also going to say it looks a lot like how my granite jag did when she was yes. younger and had her maximum amount of yellow. Yes. Um, I'm curious to see how it ages for sure. Yeah. Um, 
How do you spell that? Yakapuri? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Yes. Chicken Yakapuri. Um, but uh, but but I was I was quite uh, taken by that snake. I don't know if it's the eyes, yeah, the lavender that you can see in the stripe. Um, I don't know. I really uh, I was really like, oh okay, that's cool. Not that I necessarily want to have it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, that's kind of know. the boat that I'd be in with that. It, it is beautiful, but I I also feel like uh, not quite as different as I thought it would be from hearing just the two words. But maybe I'm just biased because I had a granite jack. <laughs> right. But yeah, I guess, I hey, there's just... there's a granite jack kind of vibe without the neuro. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. All good. Um, I much, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I guess, I, I don't know, man. I guess I'm getting older and I don't necessarily care about being, you know, uh, the first one to produce this or that or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, For it's sure. all good. Uh, so diamond pythons are something that, uh, I'm real excited about and, um, interesting enough, I sort of have redone that stack over there of, of, uh, I moved the, the blue tongue skink is now in the top cage. I there. forget you have a blue tongue skink. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you, I never <laughs> thought I was, I was talking to Nipper about this the other day. Never in a million years did I think um, that I would have a skink because in the early days when I was uh, hanging out with Zach Baez, um, he was a, he was a huge, huge blue tongue skink fan. And, you know, he's like, I'm telling you, man, they're so cool. And I'm like, no, they got tiny little legs. And, they, they, you know, I don't know, <laughs> man, I can't get into them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but um, they're a weird animal. You no, know, Justin sent this to me and I, I opened like that top door there and it just comes right to the edge and it's sort of just hanging over the thing, just kind of chilling out, looking at me. And I don't know, man, they're, they're, it's yeah. pretty cool. I don't care about breeding them. Right. I don't care about anything. I just I, I did keep one, you know, no, I, I get that, you. It, yeah. Yeah. I like working with them at work, but I don't really want yeah. to bring one home. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you get the best, you get the best of, uh, of that experience where you can For sure. sort of, you know, have them at work and leave them and be like, yeah, scratch cool. the itch <laughs> enough with, without spending the money. <laughs> right. Yeah. So these are all diamond Python cages Nice. here. One, two, three, four. And I put UV DP emitter. And, um, uh, uh, what's the other, like, um, what's the other thing? Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Just those two things. Right. So nice. <laughs> there's like UVA, UVB light, and then, uh, the heat emitter. Right. Mm -hmm. and, oh, then the jungle dawn thing. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there was another one. Those jungle um, dawns are, are great. That's what I have in the six foot cage for the blackhead. What a difference it makes when your cage is lit up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, especially with something like that, that, you know, is like, I don't know much about the lighting stuff, but it's, it's quality enough light to really make things pop. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. The one, the, the riverbank zoo, which is the second one down right there mm -hmm. um, with that light. Holy shit. Amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. Awesome. animal. You see all like the little, the, so th it's not a reduced pattern, but it sort of has like this, peppery type pattern where it's got this white scales that pop throughout um but 
you know, I put that in there. I got, I got like big branches and stuff in there and nice. just the behavior that I've noticed in them and the change in them and the feel of love them. And, uh, I I've talked about this before on NPR where, you know, I noticed that like some of my snakes that were in racks carpets, like their, their muscle tone, especially in like their prehensile tail seemed, didn't seem I don't know. It didn't seem yeah. strong, I guess. I don't know if that's the right verbiage or whatever. And I've talked to people and some people tell me, you know, muscles and snakes don't work the same as muscles and, and mammals and, you know, which is true. Right. But sure. I don't know. I would think you have to use it somewhat. Yeah. To, I, I agree. We've talked right? about it before. I, I feel like it's gotta be a, a use it or lose it to some extent. Right. Um, especially something that's a climbing mechanism. Yeah. Um, and they don't leave they do not leave the, the, the perches. Like nice. they are a hundred percent always How off the ground. Are your, are your perches or, or what are you using for the perches? Like that thick. Okay. They're like, uh, Christian Parr brought me a bunch of like, uh, I guess he chopped down some trees by his house or whatever. And perfect. Like, <laughs> brought me like these big pieces of, uh, of, of perches with forks and all kinds of oh, stuff. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So, so it's, it's great, but they're always like their tail is like locked around that thing. And it's, oh man, it's just nuts. So that's loving awesome. them. They're, they seem to be loving life. Uh, you know, it's great. I moved the small diamond Python that I posted up the reduce pattern mm -hmm. the other day on Instagram up into a, a nice big exoterra to see how it goes. And, uh, yeah. So when will I be pairing them up? Um, probably I'm thinking like maybe February or March maybe, and we'll see how it goes. You know, yeah. um, sure I've never we'll done, about it. <laughs> yeah, I've never done spring breeders before, so we'll see how it goes. And I'm sort of approaching my inland carpets the same way. That's the other mm -hmm. one that I'm really excited about. So awesome. we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but yeah, that's when I'll be pairing them up. Um, that's awesome. I really hope that, I mean, both of those, I really hope, uh, they go for you such awesome animals. Yeah. 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 And, and I hope, uh, it's going to be fun with the, I, I guess with diamonds, they're sort of, there's not a lot of variability, especially when they hatch out, but I'm hoping with the inlands, I'm going to see some killer, killer red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Mog stuff, right? Yeah, that you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You should. Should be some cool red stuff in there. Yeah, we got to talk about your eastern. Indica. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, um, dude. They're awesome. <laughs> they're so <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> yes. Um, shoot. I mean, where do you even begin? Uh, they are exactly what people say they are. They're the coolest thing. They're cobras without the death, but their poop smells like shit. <laughs> but, oh, really? Yeah, it is different now that because I, whenever I talk about the the foulness of false water yeah. cobra poop, everybody yeah. says, "Yeah, but indigos," you know. So now right. that I actually get to compare directly, they're both really bad in their own way. <laughs> really yeah I, i'd say they're both a, a nine out of ten but different flavors of nine out of ten <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. so but it's worth it they're they're uh they're amazing i'm really really excited to raise those up uh, okay 
Yeah. Light roast for stark roast type of thing. That's yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> Except bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> like open the so are they like gag. <laughs> cleaning cleaning every day. Is it you have to check them um, every day? So I'm I'm feeding I do check them every day. Um right. just because you know they're they're uh amazing to look at and interact with. Um sure. But uh I, I'm trying to feed them about every three to four days, the way I do my falsies, smaller meals more often. Um, okay. A variety of prey items. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. They also got that salmon when I was doing that with the monitors, and they loved that, um, which was neat to see. Uh, I think fish will be uh, our Eastern Indicos. Anything like false water curves. Yeah, so I, sorry, I got distracted. But uh, duh, 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 what was I saying? No, it's not every day. I'd say they take a dump about 24 to 48 hours after you're feeding. Um, okay. Pretty consistently. Um, when they're bigger, it'll be more of an issue. They are small. They're 2021s. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Um, to answer that, though, I mean, are, are Eastern Indigos anything like false water cobras? I would say relative to everything else I have. Yes, but to somebody <laughs> that is a colubroid person, they'd right. probably say, hell no. But, right. you know, I, I'm, I'm living in a world of pythons with these two big, intelligent species of colubrids. So to me, there's a lot of, of similarities in that they're both um, seemingly really smart, very visually cued into everything, um, diurnal active um and they both eat with a, a a speed and veracity that just doesn't exist in pythons like really it's gone in like two seconds like wow. if you want to feed multiple things by the time they take the first one off the tongs and you're reaching for the second pinky or whatever it's gone they're ready like okay. it's like a grease hot dog through a tube um, wow which is is so cool to see at least with indigos when they're going yang, 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 like that's fine but when false water cobras are going yang, 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 really fast you're like crap this is what they mean don't let it chew on you the first thing it does is chew <laughs> it chews like sonic the hedgehog so right. like, yeah um yeah super they've, cool they've always been a colubrid that indigos have always been one that i've swear i remember when i was a little kid they had like the tfh books and the indigo snake was one that sort of stood out to me. Um, probably because you didn't really see them in captivity all that much. You know, it was sure. kind of like, uh, I yeah. guess it's always been, you know, you want what you can't have type of deal. Yeah. Um, you know, at one point that was ball pythons for me, but, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> <Here> we are. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of weird, but, um, and at one yeah. point I wanted to be president. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, they've always kind of fascinated me. I almost took mm -hmm. the, I almost took the plunge a couple of years ago, you know, Owen had mm -hmm. basically convinced me to get these so I could breed them and give him some, so he didn't have to worry <laughs> about the permit process. It's from what I've heard. And I haven't done it myself because mine was not in, uh, uh, across state across lines. State lines from yeah. what I've heard, it's, it's not that hard. It just takes a little while um for them yeah. to process isn't it like you have to upfront the money 
So yeah. I think it's like a couple yeah. hundred bucks or something like right. that. And like, then you have to I wait think, for uh, it to be approved. And exactly. I, I think on black Pearl, John Michael's website, he says it's, it's easy. It just costs X amount of dollars, but you just have to plan like two or three months ahead. Right. Right. So, right. That's it's not like a snake. You can go onto morph market and be like, can you ship Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, <laughs> That's another conversation. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> ship Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I need it for a Christmas present. Uh, uh, okay. Well. Yeah. Sorry. Christmas is during winter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, I, I was, I was just going to say the, um, the entire, you know, dry Marcon genus, like it is fascinating to me. And, and the thing with the Easterns is just the amount of, like lore surrounding that snake is elevated i feel like just because of how imperiled it is and you know it's it's pretty much the only snake in north america that gets legitimate conservation initiatives um you know it 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 is quite literally the only not not only the only snake but the only squamate on the aza's saving from extinction list it's the only reptile really? on the list. There's, wow. Yeah. So, I thought, I thought uh, San Fran garters were on there, no? So that uh, I'm not talking about state and federally listed. Um, oh, okay. The okay. Association for Zoos and Aquariums has their own thing. Oh, okay. Like, like most major players and, and their safe program is where they claim to, you know, gotcha. put forth the most amount of money and resources to save things from extinction. And uh, I mean, it was it was kind of a trick question on one of Zach's Loafman's tests last semester for herpetology was break down AZA's safe program for one snake and one lizard. And we all said, what the hell? There's no lizards. It's just the indigo. <laughs> and he's like, exactly. Do as you will. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, in, like you said, you know, you want what you can't have. But in the case of, of Easterns. Uh, the Eastern Indigos there, there's something that I think as long as you can deal with the poop and you're willing to have a snake that is more like a lizard. Yeah. Um, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I get what people mean with like, just the, the presence that you feel from them is more like a monitor um, in terms of perceived intelligence. That gotcha. Is hard to put into words, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Who's watching who, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shoot. I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, okay. with those indigos here now, I don't know if yeah. you remember, but like two years ago, or, or whenever you had me on NPR for the first time, right? Um, for the closing questions, it was like, "What do you want to add?" Yeah. I said. Trimarcon, false water cobras, inlands, and did you say roughies? Roughies and diamonds. I think that's what I said. So oh, diamonds, man, the you're only almost one left. there. <laughs> well, hopefully, so, I like, can hook you up. <laughs> yeah, I know it looks like I've been just kind of crazy grabbing and and adding things, but it actually has all been according to the master plan. Okay. <laughs> like, Very good. Very I'm good. I'm quoted. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's like there's a balance in the world, right? You, you you're <laughs> buying more, and I'm getting rid of stuff. It's there like you go. Yeah, yeah. balancing out the world, you know. That's how mm -hmm. we go. Exactly. Um, 
but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I slimmed down my collection quite a bit. I was talking okay. to, uh, to Rob about it and, uh, Nipper. And, um, I gotta say, man, I I've, I've held off on doing this for such a long time because I, I don't know. I just, I, oh, I don't want to get rid of that. Oh, I don't want to get rid of that. I don't, you know, whatever that would be, what the reason would be, but, um, Oh, it's so much enjoy. It's, it's so, so enjoyable. You know, I, yeah, I don't know why I didn't do it before. You know, if you're a breeder, you're in a different, you're in a different situation. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I've never really been, I thought I wanted to be a breeder and then I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, so, and with all the podcasts that are, um, you know, are going now it's like to me that takes up such a huge chunk of my time sure. that you know it's it's not it's not fair to the animals and um i'd much rather just enjoy them do i have the pimbora no i uh move them on um but i do know that uh matt minatola he still has a pair we kind of bought pairs around the same time so so it's things like that, right? Do you want to, you want to keep them? Do I, if I get rid of them, I'm going to regret this like three right. years from now or something like that. I tried to do it. You know, I try to give Owen first shot at things so that if I have to, uh, you know, retrieve or well, want to get back into it's, uh, you know, a stone's throw away. Plus um, if you didn't, you'd quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Matt had those. So, you know, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not really um, digging the big reptiles anymore. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just getting old, man. I don't, I don't know. I've always been no, a I, I hear you. big I've... reptile guy, and I did that most of my life. And I just, if I was gonna have a big animal, I would probably just have that animal. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that has never had that bug. Um, I don't really want anything bigger than you know, say a, a blackhead or a brittle. Right. right. Um, just because, yeah, I would, I would never be able to do the animal justice. Um, yeah. You know, just thinking of things proportionally, what we consider an acceptable enclosure size for like a corn snake. If you right. size that up for your retic, it ain't an room, eight by two. Yeah. My <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I, I, I'm with you there. I, I, think that they're incredible animals but if i can't do them justice like that enclosure that uh that that the uh loafman uh oh yeah for the monitor yeah yeah holy like goddamn, that's doing it what i love most about that enclosure too is like they didn't even try for naturalistic it's just cool (laughs) it's like it's just used you know it's just effective it has everything you would ever need but they didn't try to make it look like a jungle because it doesn't always have to (laughs) right right yeah yeah um yeah i i've done the retics and the red tails and uh i've done all that you know so i i guess it's like um i don't know i guess i guess it's 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 like you you sort of yeah i I do have i do have scrubs i do have a pair well i only have a female which scrubs uh, are you hanging on to is it i have the southerns the the monkeys um i've worked with every type you know i've worked with mm-hmm. tanabars malukins hamaharas barnecks you know of all different localities the southerns um and again there there are species that they especially an animal like that it demands a certain level of respect especially sure. scrubs you know yeah uh, 
So, um, I don't know. You know, I, I definitely, I I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for hope that maybe one day there'll be either Owen Pelly because they're a big snake. That would be mm-hmm. a big snake that I would work with hundred percent for sure. For sure. Hands I mean, down. I could see you getting rid of everything and building it up. Oh yeah. 100%, fort- yeah. <laughs> fortress. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. uh, you have a, a more special connection to that snake than most people on the planet. So I wouldn't fault you at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that was, uh, that was quite a, quite of a event in life. We were, we were, you know, I guess it's, it comes up on your Facebook feed or whatever. And I was, I was <laughs> sort of chatting with Keith and, and, and Rob and Owen. And we were just sort of saying like, man, how lucky we were to get that trip right before this whole disaster of no traveling for such a long time. Like, man, if you're going to have one last trip, that was the trip to have, you know? So hundred percent. All good. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been fun herping in the States. Uh, we're going to California and then we're going to head to Arizona, I think in June, I think okay. it is. Uh, so I've never been to either place. So that's pretty cool. I know the other NPR guys uh, went out to, arizona this past year and mm-hmm. hit rattlesnake gold yeah uh, i'm excited that nipper is uh hopefully fingers crossed going to be headed out to the arizona trip that'll be Sweet. that'll be amazing ready to actually <laughs> deliver the stingy knee slaps <laughs> that he always threatens <laughs> oh mate it's mate. i can hear him now mate <laughs> oh, you floored me, mate. Look, it's a rattlesnake. Oh, mate. <laughs> you said you said June for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I'd, I'd go. We got a. We need a cameraman. <laughs> I'm there. Count me uh, in. Right, right. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to Arizona? I did. Uh, yeah. On on. I've been a few times. I used to go when I was younger for some A's spring training baseball with my dad. Okay. <laughs> right. But then on, on tour, we played a few shows in Arizona and stayed for a couple of days off in Tucson. And I tried to hurt, um, but all I could find were, were cool lizards and a couple scorpions, right. no snakes. Yeah. I'm hoping we hit some rattlesnake gold. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's what I'm hoping. Um, something cool about finding rattlesnakes. I don't know. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> so there's that. So I do have, I did have, uh, like I said, I'm going to go a little geeky with a question. Excellent. Um, <laughs> and, uh, who better to have this discussion with than, uh, somebody that is actually studying herpticulture. <laughs> so, <laughs> <My so teacher>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sort of went down this, this, uh, you know, you know how this stuff goes, right? Um, so, uh, we were talking about, so, so they found this, I sort of talked about this on NPR a little bit, but, um, they found that reduced pattern diamond or whatever you want to call it. Um, right. That thing was nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. over in the blue mountains. And I was talking to, uh, the guy that actually found that snake and he was, I was, he was saying like, we were talking about, I wonder why that hasn't popped up in Australia. Like, uh, you know, uh, sort of like. You've seen that sort of stonewash-looking Bradley that sort of popped up in Australia. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but like, I haven't seen it. But Nick has told me that similar genes it's similar. Have popped up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would would it be far fetched to think that it would happen in another type of python? Um, anyway, there's no question that that the um, 
genes that make up our stomach stuff exist somewhere in Australia. They didn't, you know, just appear here. Right. Uh, they just haven't found themselves yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Makes total sense. So he was saying that the animals from, they don't really, which I found out later on when we were doing NPR, somebody was telling me that that's really not the case. Who knows? I don't know. But he was saying that like most of the locality stuff that's in, in Australia that the diamond pythons are work, diamond python keepers are working with is mostly like central coast type stuff. Um, I guess because they're more yellow, uh, you know, more yellow to it and, you know, uh, really nice coloration and all that stuff. So obviously I wanted to see what pyth diamond pythons from the central coast look like. So I start looking up, like, how am I going to find it? I looked on Facebook, Facebook had like the, um, uh, you know, the whole, uh, central coast, uh, uh, reptile catcher type of page, you know, and the majority of the content was diamond pythons. Now they're finding them in houses all over the place. And like, it's, um, it's really kind of cool. Like there's, I, I, hopefully I can share this picture, but, um, yeah, I can. So this right here was found on somebody's <laughs> dining room table, Damn. <laughs> which is just wild to walk down and say, Oh yeah, there we go. It's on a dining room table. So my, wow. my thought was like, why would they be going inside? Like what, what are they, hmm. are they trying to get away from, uh, weather? Are they trying to get away from, you know, predators? Are they looking for food? Are there females mm -hmm. that are in the, you know, in the attic that they're after? Like what is the, the, the case? So Obviously, one thing led to another. I'm on WeatherSpark. I'm looking at, like, you know, what's the temperatures like in September to see, you know, what's going on. And, you know, as you just go one thing after another after another, um, a, thing, a thing popped into my head, and I sort of ran this by Keith, and I was looking at how fast the temperature drops. Mm -hmm. And after listening to Colubrid and Colubroid Radio, the brumation episode, which was amazing, by yes. the way, if you haven't yeah. listened to that, you know – I forgot to say what I was going to say at the beginning is like, if that's like going to a, a class with Zach, uh, I'm very jealous because Pretty much. Holy shit, man. <laughs> that was an amazing episode. Really, yeah. really, really cool. Um, yeah, no. so glad that he does it. They do a podcast, you know, it's, it's so valuable. Like you're saying it's, yeah. it is. Yeah. I, again, I pay, I'm going to be in debt to hear this stuff. You can get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so I was wondering what your thoughts are like, you know, obviously pythons are triggered by weather, obviously, whether it's temperatures, uh, cold fronts, you know, pressure drops, um, mm -hmm. if it's precipitation, uh, you know, all these things play a factor into getting them to breed. Right. The one thing I noticed is how fast the temperature dropped. So okay. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the idea of breeding a species like, like these more difficult species, like say a diamond, like diamonds aren't necessarily in the category of Bolins, but, mm -hmm. or a Bolins Python or something like that. Maybe the, the, the trigger is not necessarily dropping the temps, but it's how fast that pressure drops or how mm -hmm. much of a, uh, what's the amount of degrees that it drops. Yeah. That is what the trigger is. Am that, I that could absolutely crazy be a, to think this? Not at all. I mean, it's it's just another variable, right? In a in a uh, hormonal process that has a lot of variables. So, 
I think that that's a great question. I think that it's probably um, something that that matters, right? Depending on region, but I, I don't think it can be something that is at the forefront of of most important variables because it's going to be different every year, right? Um, and you know these things evolve for consistency, not not necessarily you know waiting for an anomaly year. Um, so I guess my question would be what is like a 50 to a hundred year average of that variable, right? Like how, how quickly, how drastically and over what period of, you know, during what time of year does temperature tend to drop? And, and my guess is if you plotted it all out, what you would find is that there's a lot of variability year to year. Um, especially now when everything's all thrown out of whack and in flux as we should all be keenly aware. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Negative two here. And (laughs) yeah, I saw an amazing map that like the, the equator is supposed to separate the hemispheres and summer and winter. Right. right? But it was like summer and winter was like clearly separated on top of the United States, like going sideways. It was like 99 plus over here and then like negative 40 over here it just is all broken but anyway um i think it's definitely a variable and i think that's a really interesting point especially because in the hobby we are gun shy to drop temperatures fast everybody says yes you need to cool these snakes you need to cycle these snakes but don't do it too quick or they'll get a sniffle so you know like do it over a month or two um maybe that's not as effective in triggering the hormonal cascade that we want to trigger uh, than, say, 82 degrees, 82 degrees, 60 degrees. You know, maybe a big shock to the system plays a conducive role to, right. to breeding. I don't know. Um, right. But that's a great question. This is why I love talking to you. I've never heard of this question. <laughs> Nobody has said this to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's weird how my brain works. But like when You'd you're always trying to like. investigative journalist. <laughs> when you're trying to figure out like, like what could be different. Like why, why would, yeah. why would this species be different? Another, another, I, I ran this by Keith and I ra- I actually got this from watching um, one of the, BBC Planet Earth. Thing. I want to say it was the newest one or whatever, but they were talking cool. about flamingos. And in order for fl- flamingos to breed, they had to travel this crazy amount that you know uh, mm-hmm. to find these females and then breed. And and if they didn't do this migration, then mm-hmm. then you they wouldn't they wouldn't breed, right? So, yeah. um, the the thing that got me thinking was, especially with Boland's pythons, and this sort of applies to Apodora as well, two species mm-hmm. that are definitely hard to breed in captivity. Um, you never see, so I, I questioned Keith on this just to make sure before I asked, but um, there hasn't been males like found in the wild during breeding season. So right. where are they? And that's always been the biggest like, huh, for me in like, all of right. her food culture is when right. I hear people say that. Like, what do you mean you don't find the male? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so uh, it got you know, and we, me and I think it was me and Rob were talking, and it's sort of the same thing that applies with Apodora, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they haven't been 
looked for or herped as much as as you would Bowen's but well I don't not know people that, in let, let's put it yes yeah. the people that I yeah. know have yeah that's yeah. a better we way actually to say know it. a dude that wrote a book about it yeah. right <laughs> exactly so you know the fact that you never really get um, imports of Apodora coming in um, maybe think of males uh, it's always just females so males are hard to come by and uh, it made me think like do they have to migrate? Is it something with these animals that these males migrate that, you know, um, does the male not have to be around in order for the female to ovulate? I don't know why that would be, but it just seems odd to me that you never find any males around the females. There's no doubt it's weird. And like you're saying, there, there's so many other examples in nature where migration plays a key role in courtship. Sure. Um, yeah. And... That's a really interesting point. I mean, there's there's so many things um, across nature that that are communicated um, through pheromones, chemical cues, things that sure. we are not going to perceive. Right. Um, so it's completely within the realm of possibility. Um, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not supposed to have answers on this. We just raise questions. Yeah, That's all. Yeah. Get people I thinking, mean, you know? The um just again, keeping the broader context in mind that essentially all we're trying to do here is trigger the correct hormone cascade that makes boy snake make sperm right. and girl snake ovulate. develop follicles and right. ovulate. Yeah. Right. So what does that? is i think it's that that you know that concept that that you've been talking about for years which is like there might be seven or eight or however many cosmic key variables the cosmic octopus yes <laughs> yeah. key variables that make that happen and all of these things that you're that you're raising right now could potentially contribute to that and i'm sure that the variables are different for different species that is a fact like 2,500 <laughs> species of snakes. It's not the same for every single one. We know that. Sure, so 100%. Is it out of the question that that maybe uh, these mystery male bull and I are doing something that helps either in their, you know, in their own right, producing sperm or in their absence, helping the female, you know, I, it's not without, it's not outside the realm of possibility, but I, there's no way to, no. <laughs> uh, there's um so there was a study done there was a paper written and hopefully i don't screw this up but it was with blood pythons i think it was blood py it yeah it had to be blood pythons i'm not sure it was some some type of short tail okay. but anyway the fact that the female would be around other females would in if that one female ovulated mm. they found that it would induce those other females to ovulate right uh, as well so I would think that you could also have, you know, to your point, all these pheromones are flying around and like, it's like, oh, okay. You know, um, clearly sure. we see it with carpets, right? As soon as, uh, you know, we get to this time of year, uh, you see it with Morelli or whatever, you see, um, you see the males cruising around the cage, looking for those females, trying to get to them. So obviously mm -hmm. something is happening that we're just not in tune with, um, mm -hmm. I want to back up though to uh to, to if i may this. though that's a that's a really interesting point too especially with species that nest 
the way you know yeah. a, a bowl and diamonds bowlins yeah 100%. <laughs> i don't know if apodora do but i'm just gonna say so a fast drop inside could stress or make them sick so okay that's what okay. we hear that's right you know but i would call attention to i would simply say is that evidence-based or is that folklore husbandry Exactly. And here's the other part of it. I would agree with you if we're talking about an Indonesian python, right? Because I don't think that they really get this. So in, in my, this is just my opinion, right? Of working with these different, you know, pythons and whatnot. It seems that the ones that are from, which makes sense, right? The, the Indonesia type of equator pythons, you know, all your liasses that are up in those, you know, scrubs and, uh, IJs and chondros and all, all these things, they don't really so much have, I mean, there is temperature fluctuation and here's the other thing, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will say to you, to you, to what you're saying about folklore husbandry is like, we have this idea that like, oh, well, you don't have to drop temps to breed IJs, right? They just sort of breed, but yeah, you do have to, the, even if you're not dropping the temps, the temps in your room are dropping, but maybe they don't need as big of a swing of temp drops maybe two degrees is all they need and they're like okay it's changed time to go right. whereas with a diamonds or a bolens or whatever either the amount that it drops like the uh, or the the how fast it drops yeah. could possibly induce them to breathe i don't know just ideas could be total um, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun it's a fun thought exercise. Regardless, um, the the dragon layer who who posted that said, read what he said above that. He said, um, but doesn't being in the wild expose them to uh, knowing the drop is coming through barometric pressure drops, whereas inside a cage they can't experience it. Um, my thought is that they're experiment, uh, experiencing barometric pressure just fine inside a cage unless you're pressurizing your room a la an airplane cabin you know your <laughs> your pvc or wood box is not shielding them right. from the actual barometric pressure now that being said your local climate probably experiences a lot different barometric pressure regimes than their native climate. So that could still be a contributing factor to throwing things off um, right. in different parts of the world, but they're still going to feel it for sure. The right. cage doesn't uh, just like, a, you know, walking inside, there's a roof over my head, but it didn't change the pressure that the atmosphere is imposing upon my body. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Because clearly we, I, I mean, here on the East coast, especially in the Northeast, you know, snowstorms are like the, they're like the Python breeding gold. I mean, as soon as a snowstorm is coming, you put, you know, most pythons together that are like, you know, the easier bred species, you're going to get locks. You're going to get some kind of action for sure. Um, yeah. uh, you know, Owen experiences that I experienced that a lot of the people that are around us experience the same thing. And, you know, it's the only time that we're ever excited about snow. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I was messaging you guys a ton during the break when we had our atmospheric river come through, everything was locking up. Um, yeah. Same idea, just different climate, different part of the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's sort of like where my mind's been over the break. <laughs> well, I, I like it. And I think that we should bookmark this 
and and ask Crawdaddy himself uh, when yes. he joins us next week. Yes, yes, yes. Shout we out. Will. Yeah. I know we had talked about talking to him about that, but I sort of wanted to like, the idea, work <laughs> well, the idea out before. Well, now it's fun. Now the seeds it. are planted for us and our audience. So exactly. <laughs> for those of you exactly. that are listening and frustrated that we're talking about things we don't know about, next week we'll talk <laughs> to somebody that does know about it, and we might get you real answers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. right. So Zach Lofman, uh, next Friday, put that in your calendars. Yeah, that should be uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Always. I, uh, He's in a creek right now. That's why he couldn't join us this week. He's doing crawdaddy things in some frigid river. Oh, God. <laughs> West Virginia? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, some, somewhere over there. I don't know. Holy boy. Oh, boy. All right. He loves this shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, um, I wanted to... I, I love the thought, this. though, because... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I, I just, I think that that's for me, like pretty colors, morphs and stuff do it for some people. The geeky stuff does it for me. And the amount of variables that exist in a question as simple as, as, you know, is it going to make babies or not? is just, it's fascinating. And, you know, you just thought of something that I'd never thought about ever. And I'm sure there's an infinite number of other variables that we're also not thinking about. So that's the fun part, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's the, that's the part I geek out about too. I, I, you know, I find myself more drawn to the behavior. Like I was saying about the Kimberleys, you know, just watching them hunt in the little cracks and like, you know, it's just, it's so cool. I mean, um, Oh, the Boa podcast. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the Boa podcast is, is in the works. Um, uh, I know Warren was trying to finish up some stuff with school and stuff, but they, they sort of have the equipment. Uh, they're sort of, uh, working. They, they sort of came up with a, a name. Uh, we're walking, working on a logo. Uh, and then it's just a matter of, um, getting those guys to record the first episode, which, you know, um, I mean, come on, you got Warren Booth, you got Keith McPeak and you got Rob Stone. I mean, God damn. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, we don't deserve yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like uh go big or go home, I guess, you know. And um the, the fact that <laughs> yeah, the the you know, I'm I'm very, very happy. So this is what I love about Colubrid and Colubroid radio is the fact mm-hmm. that I'm learning about like <clears throat> garter snakes. Yeah. I don't know. Why they get I well I I it, they they seem in in the hobby to sort of have this stigma to them that they're like this beginner snake and then they become like a trash snake if you will, but um I think it was Rob Shay Shay was it Rob Shay or Rob Shaw that was on there talking about garter snakes with those guys, and like I I, I just find it amazing learning I I have no desire to keep garter snakes i've kept them in the past i'd love to see them in the wild mm-hmm. i think that would be cool um but right. um but to learn about them and to yeah. find out that there's these other facets of herpticulture where somebody's just as excited about a garter snake as i am about yeah. a carpet python it's just awesome you know to to absolutely and i mean they I, for me i'm i'm with you right like i'm 
I'm fortunate in that I can go outside and find different kinds of garter snakes all over my my local area. So for me, the coolest thing is to do that. Um, right. You know, why would I why would I keep them here when I can just pop over to you. the uh, you know right. the local yeah. park? And, but uh, you know, to your point, that that's the thing. It's like every single species, even the most like beaded to death, like carried at Petco species has something that's fascinating about them that somebody could geek out on and fall in love with. I think when it becomes uh, not good is when that's not the point anymore. <laughs> and that's lost. Right. right? So, right. yeah, I mean, nothing should be a throwaway beginner animal. No. Nothing and should be seen that way. <laughs> I think, too, like, the, I don't even know if they're really a throw away i mean to me i i guess like they're not necessarily easy i mean i guess they are easy but i would think a corn snake would be much easier than a garter snake for somebody new i mean yeah maybe let me put it this way i've never recommended somebody get a garter snake for their first pet at work (laughs) right yeah that's uh nice that's pool boy by the way so you see what i mean see how Mm -hmm. it sort of has that same lavender and that's yeah yeah for sure <laughs> you know it's gorgeous so that was from jeff um cool boy. but yeah thank you jim cool boy <laughs> that was from <laughs> julie yeah. julie had that animal uh she i don't really think she's in the hobby anymore but uh yeah she had some amazing amazing carpets she, she i hope i vended my first show with julie splitting a table with her at tinley park um mm which was was pretty cool gfx morelia is what she used to be um but yeah um so so that was cool learning about them so i guess my whole to wrap that whole thought up is like i'm i'm excited to have the same thing about you know boas um absolutely and have people that are not just going to talk about you know the morphs uh you know Mm -hmm. of what it is or you know I'm excited about that because because all those guys are great and you know I can't wait um I hope that uh it's able to ignite something in me to appreciate boas more because I I, like jokingly not really jokingly posted the other day like pythons over colubroids over boas for me and it's you know they're just kind (laughs) of they're there but I I acknowledge this because I just don't know the cool stuff it's not that there's no cool stuff to know sure yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing with, I find fascinating with herpticulture is, is like, I guess at some point when you're just getting into it, um, you're sort of influenced by certain things and it sort of dictates which path you're going to go. Right. Right. Because you're either a boa person, colubrid person or a Python person. Yeah. Or venomous, you know, but like usually venomous is sort of, yeah, yeah, it's sort of, (laughs) you're your own kind of psychopath. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, you know, you just, you get in, like, I'm a Python person. I just always have been drawn to pythons more so than boas. I don't know why. I, you know, I did feel that way, but to be honest, now, like, some of the colubroids are up there with pythons for me but yeah that's also just probably the loafman effect i yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's really I can good see at what how he does. Could have that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could have Is there a particular one that you don't have that you would? I like the beauty rat snakes. I really like the Taiwanese beauties um, and other okay. dry marcon. Okay. <laughs> so I like you, the big ones. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. You know, but Ian says he's in everything. <laughs> he's I respect Python that. And Colubrid. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if I, yeah, like I, I, I messaged you this during the break, if, you know, when I started working with these indigos, if I could only keep three species, you know, one or two of them are going to be colubrids at this point. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. You know, that's the thing, though. That's the beauty of this whole hobby is like, you don't have to worry about what somebody else does. Do what exactly. you love, man. 100%. You know, it's like, if you, it, I, 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 I really like uh, embrace that idea because for years I fought off the lizard thing, right? Mm -hmm. I've had lizards all my life. I think, you know, I've had uh, everything from anoles to Nile monitors I've worked with nice. um, and everything in between. So um, I fought it all for a while because uh, I don't know if I was necessarily prepared for, for what they uh, entail. And um mm -hmm. I'm so glad I made the jump because, you know, I don't know, man. They're so cool. Absolutely. Um, I'm right there with you. I'm loving my Ackies. My Ackies are mating. <laughs> they, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That'll be real cool. See what I happens. guess uh, Herp Panel Forums is saying that he listened to an old podcast with Riley. I don't know if he means you or me. Uh, it wouldn't up have been me. <laughs> A dozen rainbow bows. You're the one I guess that that's me. <laughs> he gave a rainbow bow to you, right? <laughs> yeah, that stayed at Owen's house. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, it never even made it here. It's just stayed Steven, there. are you talking about me or Eric? <laughs> yeah. Probably, I guess it must be me. Um, I mean, I like rainbow boas, but I think if I was going to keep a boa, I'd, I'd jump Sanzinia. Wow. Uh, yeah, three years old. That sounds about right. I get, you know, I used to, it's hard, man. It's hard when you do podcast every week, Yeah, doing a podcast, <laughs> you're talking to people, they're excited about what they're working with. You get excited about it. And then you're like, oh, they're so cool. You start got, when you're researching for the show and you're looking up stuff that you don't necessarily know or know about. And then you're like, oh my gosh. And then you're just down this rabbit hole. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, guys, uh, Jamaican boas, like, come on, like <laughs> those seeing those sick. at Rob's place. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell man yeah seeing them in person what stunning animals for sure amazing for yeah. sure so so yeah, much man. stuff so little time so little space <laughs> sort of yeah. going against my slimming down the collection <laughs> <laughs> well now we've just started talking about all the taxa it's not fair <laughs> yeah 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 no i'm happy with uh, uh it's hard listening to pot yeah, and everything you say. Yeah. hundred percent. Especially if you get the right person, right? If you get that person that's really excited about what they're keeping, it's, you know, Justin <laughs> or Phil, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rob will just give them to you without to getting the feet picks, man. Feet I, <laughs> I didn't know that was Bob Rock's shtick. I think that's more Owen's thing, right? Bigfoot, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, oh, that's yeah, a good the, point. What Ian that? said. 
I do love me a Rosie and a rubber boa, but that's just because they're a California native. To me, that's neat. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I would love to see one of those. As a nerdy or, yeah. field biologist, I have love for everything that actually roams around these hills behind my house. <laughs> I kept Rosie boas briefly and uh really came down to the idea of every time that you would try so i got bit more by that rosy boa than i did by any carpet ever ever yeah. they you can know? be and, nippy as hell <laughs> yeah well i mean they live in the rocks right yeah lizard runs by they gotta snap it real quick yeah pull, you know what i mean it's, so it's I, I totally get it now. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um Oh wow, rubber boas are like unicorns in the UK. I mean, man, they're not common here either, unless unless you're talking about going outside and finding them. I I, I think the only person I know that keeps them is is Dr. Wyman. Are they hard to find? They don't seem too common in the hobby, at yeah. least. You know, I, no, I no, no. Say. I mean, in the wild. Oh, they're... in the wild. Um, they are for me. They yeah. <laughs> they have eluded me. They've eluded you. <laughs> but people in my company find them every every year and and post pictures to tell me that they're I'm failing. Yeah. They're, they're around. They're around. <laughs> that you're failing. Yeah. Loser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One dude found it under the cover board. This was last spring that I had chucked, checked a week earlier. You know, like that's my luck with rubber bones. Hey, right. 10 minutes from my apartment. Just right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I should make note uh, that um, we, what the hell happened? Oh, uh oh, you good? Oh. Yeah. You can still see me, right? All yeah, of a sudden, here. like a, another tab open, like somebody's like tapped into my computer and is working Uh-oh. my mouse. Oh, and I'm like, frame. wait, what's going on? He said, "You talk of feet." <laughs> yes. How I dare know. you? How dare you? <laughs> Small foot to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, oh shit! Now I forget what I was going to say. Sorry. Um, yeah. What was I saying? Uh, he actually got his oh. gallbladder removed so he can chuck it at people's head when they say <laughs> he would do something like that he would he found out there yeah. were stones in it and he said "Ooh, heavy <laughs> damn you burke <laughs> splat uh, uh sorry i was saying oh I, I know what i was saying we're we're working on the uh first episode of the gecko gecko I, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Gekota podcast. Um, cool. Which uh, which should be cool. Uh, me, Phil, and Nipper uh, are sort of putting it together. Nipper is like, dude, he's like, he, he's he's down a rabbit hole with these geckos, man. He's yeah. like, rattlesnakes, <laughs> geckos, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, really king cool. snakes. He likes king snakes. Um, but. Uh, yeah, even just learning about different species of geckos, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's some really cool stuff out there. Like the, the, this year in 2022, like what I have been trying to do um, and forcing myself to do these other podcasts and sort of um, push myself out of the comfort zone to try mm-hmm. to learn more about things that I don't know about. Absolutely. Um, and I, th- yeah. I think I'm curious what your thoughts are with this. I think sometimes when you push yourself out of that zone, you become, you get more, you get a better focus on the species that you do love because you <laughs> might be looking at them through different lenses. Or different I couldn't, couldn't agree more. 
I mean, there's there's no question that getting other getting experience with other um, species right. is, is only going to improve how you work with all species because right. you're considering all these these variables and and being exposed to bits and pieces of natural history that you had never had to think about before right but can apply right you know maybe you learn something about species a and then you say you know i had never thought about that with species b what does species b do in that situation even if it's not important it, you're still like expanding your your horizon with that and i i found that to be especially um true for me with these this last year and a half because i actually had to learn about birds and take really? mammalogy and i don't care <laughs> but right. like being you know being exposed to even non-reptiles still still gets your gears turning because it's all part of the same everything's connected it's all right. part of the same ecosystem well i i think kind of it well so so sort of the inspiration with the, the the whole gecko thing is to sort of like um obviously being an australia a fan of australian reptiles uh led me to get the underwatersaurus milli right there which you What's know common it's, name it's, on that they're the uh, australian barking geckos cool <laughs> let me see let me yeah Oh, wow. I, I knew a, a, a scientific name. Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm uh, keeping up with the big boys now. There all right. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm going to show you what a picture of them looks like. But anyway, the cool thing about those, um, and maybe you can give me some ideas, um, or maybe the listeners, um, mm -hmm. is they come out at night. So they're definitely nocturnal. So as soon as the lights come out, they come out and dude, they are savage hunters. Like, savage hunters after those um roaches um but i'm trying to figure out a way that i can watch them without um you know disturbing them mm. uh yeah there's um shoot what's it called like uh, those moonlights oh you mean you still want to be in the room yes Okay, well, I, I guess... was gonna say like a ring camera or something that's pretty good night vision, but oh, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I could do that. But yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how you would be in the room and not disturb them. Right. Sorry. So, <laughs> so that can you see that? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, there, there they are. That's them. That's sort of what. And then my female is like a, she's a hypo. Huh. Um, Beautiful. THN says wise cams. Okay. Okay. Oh, or hey, just actually get night vision goggles. There you go. <laughs> there like you the go. little kid in Jurassic Park in the gym. Right. <laughs> I was thinking more of Silence of the Lambs when they're down in the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hello, <either gladdies>. <laughs> <laughs> See, but then you disturb with the gecko. <laughs> yes. 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 My wife might start to wonder about me as well. Like, what are yeah, you doing? Just yeah. Big ass goggles. Like, turn down, feed the gecko. I'm good not visual. doing that while you're away. <laughs> uh, That's but, cool. Uh, the anti knob tail. Yeah, yeah, dude. They're, they're, I, I'm telling you, man. They're like, it's like watching a cat stalk. Uh, you know, hmm. their prey. It's 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 really cool. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, very cool. Yeah, I like stuff. the geckos. I I'm not in the rabbit hole at all, but I acknowledge right. how 
deep and interesting that hole is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the other part of it too, right? Um, especially with, with learning about Australian geckos, you're going to have a better understanding of the pythons that I absolutely love that yeah. take them as a prey source when they're young. So exactly. understanding the life cycle of a gecko um, is going to, um, you know, much yep. better, have a much better understanding of feed cycles for those animals or when that prey is available and what would, 100%. you know. There, yeah. there is no piece of information about an ecosystem that, that is isn't bad. useful. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah. could tell me a little fun fact of the shrub growing under the tree that is still useful. Like right. about the dirt yeah. that is housing that shrub. Like it's it nothing escapes that web of yeah. interconnectivity within within the ecosystem. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You just gotta connect those dots. Yeah. Um, and when you do, it's uh it's quite quite fun. Um, so I am going to share this last thing because I know you have to roll out pretty soon, you, pretty soon. Yep. Yeah. Out of here in a decent time. Now that um, I'm not COVID anymore, going to see the yes. grandma for the first time yes. in two years. Very wholesome. Excellent. So I always, that's, that's great, man. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, I always like to share a wild carpet because um, obviously we talked about a lot of things, but carpets are still my favorite. This one I saw popped up um, on um, Instagram and it was taken by Peter. So what was it? Salutes or something like that. Peter Salutes, I think was his name. And it is um from the Gibraltar range uh, in New South Wales. And it was on a very rainy night and he just found it sort of sitting on the side of the track uh, where he was walking. But uh, I just thought, wow, what a cool <laughs> carpet python. Look at that man. face. Look at that <laughs> Yeah. Come on. That's what I love about them. You know, I look at like, what a beauty. I love how these coastals that go further south into that diamond python right like where they yeah. sort of you know that that interbreeding range and where they Integrate have like zone. that brown yeah 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 but they have the black with the you know what i mean that sort of tips out those brown scales like come on man it's stunning you can't tell and, me yeah and you know i mean that tone right on that on the lighter portions is is kind of on point with the dead leaves and whatnot you know it's nothing's nothing's on accident there yeah. Yeah. So that range is a mountain range that's in the northern table tablelands region of New South Wales. Um, it extends off the Great Dividing Range. Um and um yeah, it's uh let's see, what else? Love uh, the head structure of that thing. Yeah, this is a national park, so I put it on the list to visit if I ever make it back. Excellent. Um, but, Maybe uh, you'll find his his uh, grandbabies. <laughs> yeah but uh i always love looking at wild carpets uh and that one really stood out to me as something uh really cool i love those you know 
Yeah. Um, it's almost like face paint, right? I think of it like war face paint. Those the scale, the black scales mm-hmm. in between the uh, cream colored scales there on the face. Uh, I guess they would be what the the, the, the labial scales, right? Mm, I would have to look at the diagram too. Sorry. Okay. I'm not right, that good enough. yet. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But anyway, I know what you're saying. And it's, it's badass. Yeah. That's my carpet of the week. You follow local snake. Oh yes. I mean, dude, that's yeah. Some of the best stuff is from that. <laughs> um, or the, what is this group? Like, what? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pretty avid, open avid. Da, 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 da. I'm so excited. You follow local Sanka. Okay. I just want to make sure that I hit on all the questions. But yeah, that's yeah, sort man. of all uh, I got on and uh, going sure. on. And uh, yeah, we're like. Uh, it's, it's good to be back. And I mean, this is going to yeah. be a huge year for the network. I remember you saying, no more shows. Now we got more shows. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Are you prepared for this? The goal, <laughs> the goal, the goal. And we're very, very close to the goal is that I want to have some type of content of a podcast, of a reptile podcast released every day of the month. And we're almost there. Yeah. And um, I think that my place in herpticulture, and this is sort of why I've cut down on my collection, why I've sort of focused on specific things. But I think like the more I thought about it over the end of the last year and like, what do we want to do? I've been doing this for 11 years, da, 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 da. Um, I think that the hobby is in need for good, solid content. And I think that the, there's a lot of people that uh, for a long time have not done a podcast because of what, because of whatever reason. And I'm glad that we're able to extend to them the ability to come onto the platform and be able onto the network and to be able to do that, you know, um, and Absolutely. no longer are they going to be a guest. It's going to be their show. And, and you know, if you're into colubrids or colubroids, I mean, what better two people can you have to talk about those types of snakes? I mean, come on. 100%. Yeah. You know, I mean, Zach it, and Matt are just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, that, what were mean, you going to say? It's, I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's super valuable. And, and, you know, I think that it's... um it's an amazing thing that you're devoting yourself to because it, it's something that will be forever lasting too. you know, like people can yeah. always come back to these, these discussions um, from all the, the great minds that you have on the various shows, guests included. I mean, for God's sake, man, you talked to Marco Shea about finding a rough scale Python. Like, did you ever imagine that it, no. would, that it would get to this point? <laughs> no, no so. and that's what I mean. I want to continue to try to up that game of trying to get, yeah. you know, to guests and, 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 and try to, you know, get people to really think about, you know, what species that they want to, to, to really work with and to have, you know, this platform where we can have all these different topics ranging from, you know, geckos, the monitors, the pythons, the boas, the colubrids, to, you know, uh, you name it, uh, the people that are in the, the hobby. Um, and, you know, obviously we're working on the, you know, the field herping side of it. We have that covered the, um, you know, uh, the, the student of the serpent. I'm excited mm-hmm. to get that going with Rob again. Um, Absolutely. It's kind that of bummed that... episode is still one of my favorite <laughs> things you've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. But, uh, 
I think it's, you know, the whole idea with that was always try to capture the conversation between me and Bob Rock, you know, to mm -hmm. try to get, and it's sort of like what we did tonight, right? I sort of have this crazy idea. I throw it out into the ether <laughs> and somebody smarter than me sort of like goes, and puts it back out. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love, again, that, that Walnut episode. I don't know if it achieved what you wanted it to, but I loved it. I want more. Of, of student of the serpent in 2022 for sure yeah i think that's that's like a huge huge where i'm at you know so like uh we're, we're finishing up the timber rattlesnake episode which should be amazing and then uh yeah we'll go from there i know owen pelly's on the list obviously we Excellent. i told rob i said rob the second episode that we do in 2022 has to be about rhino rat snakes i mean come on you know what i mean like you yeah no for sure you're the yeah. Ronald Rat Snake guy. You gotta do it. <laughs> um, yes, the Boa podcast will be on the network. Yes. Um, probably, I'm thinking probably maybe February, maybe end of February, beginning of March, something like that. It really just depends on Warren's schedule. Um, obviously, that's going to be a monthly podcast, but uh, yeah, that's going to be great. Perfect. No, I mean, so, I can't wait, man. Yeah. Can't wait to see it grow. Yeah. Like, Good stuff. What um, other... Uh, pet hobby group has a, a network of podcasts with multiple phds and all these people <laughs> like good lord yeah. <laughs> but exactly. that being said uh if folks kind of want to do a little bit of homework for next week's episode do go listen to the brumation bonanza is that what he called it yeah, uh, yeah. on uh colubrid and colubrid radio because we, we are going to have dr zach rothman on with us next friday and I'm sure we'll be discussing that episode because there's so much to talk about there. Um, yeah. So yeah. Join us for that. Yeah. So if you have questions, like Lucas said, get them ready and we'll go through them and yeah, man, just tap the, tap the brain. It's probably my favorite episode with him talking about snake digestion. It was just exactly. Like, yeah. Come on, man. hundred <laughs> so, percent. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enough of us rambling. Thank you everybody <laughs> for being here. Uh, well, we would talk another hour or so, but uh, you got to go. So if you want to learn anything about uh, the network, mariepantheradio.com, uh, we'll get you there. We'll find out everything you need to know. If you want to get in touch with us, info at mariepantheradio.com. Thank you. Oh, okay. No, yeah, exactly. It's going to be back. We'll talk to you yeah. soon. <laughs> so, very good. <laughs> All right. Until, until next time. Thank you, everybody. Bye.